dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in god's country crops far as i can see headlights on both ends of my day this country life is for me ride with us hpj ride HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer M. Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. Well, it's county fair season here in Kansas, which is pretty much all the month of July and the first week or so of August. How's it going at Casa Scott? <laughs> it's going. Yeah? How, how, are the, how are the goats doing? Oh, the goats are fine. <laughs> My sister-in-law and six of her seven kids came down on Tuesday night and clipped Sean's goats and helped him out. And we built some uh, show collars and got Good. everything ready to go. Is he starting to catch on what he's got to do in the show ring? He kind of has an idea, but his cousin Carly, she's a very good showman mm-hmm. and she knows all the tricks and she showed him what he needed to be doing and he listens to her a lot better than he does his mother which <laughs> no surprise so for those of you that have not had <clears throat> livestock in 4-h or ffa and you have no idea what we're talking about county fairs we do what we call we we have livestock shows this is us going out and and putting our animals against the other animals in the county and going you know there's a judge that tells you who's got the best one showmanship however is judging the kid at the halter and not so much the animal yeah so i never did showmanship kayleen because i was lousy at it and i wanted nothing to do with it and i always had animals that were crazy so and drug me around the show ring So, I, yeah, I never did showmanship, so kudos to you for making the kid do showmanship. I did showmanship with my steer and my pigs, but never with the horses because we didn't have halter-quality horses. And mm. I'm letting I'm, – I say I let Sean do it. I'm making him do it with the horse, his dad, one of his dad's cow horses he's going to use. And <laughs> we'll see how she does. <laughs> you know, that first year that you're in the show ring, it is – kind of cool it's it's so scary and you're so hyped up and you know sean being the oldest i'm sure that it's different but i was the youngest and i got to watch my older brother and sister show cattle for years before i was old enough (laughs) i wanted nothing more than to be at the halter i I love showing cattle it was it was so much fun i wish i could have done more of it yeah and he got a little taste of it at the the high plains classic here so hopefully he remembers (laughs) what he did like a month and a half ago. You got to tell people, though, what he told the judge at the High Plains Livestock I think we've Classic. talked about it before, but his pigs, they've done some walking around, you know. They're not as tame as they probably should be. And the the Duroc guilt, she went in there, and she was just kind of moving around, and he was just kind of haphazardly following her. And he goes by the judge, and he's like, man, she's sure walking fast. And the judge is like, well, have you been working with her? And Sean's like, nope, sure haven't touched her. <laughs> and I didn't know he said this until later when one of my coworkers told me. So, 
maybe just maybe we we go over what we what we tell the judge and what we keep to ourselves that's what i've been trying to, to instill in him that you know we don't need to talk which i don't know where this kid gets his ability to talk it's definitely not from his mother because i would rather not talk <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how, how's it going on the inside projects? Do you have any inside projects or is it all livestock for He's you? got photography and we got the pictures. They showed up. And we just need to get them mounted and get the backs, the descriptions written on the back. And Good job. Good job. I, I take it we're not doing the one of the the brown chicken, brown cow moment. No, no, <laughs> we didn't. He didn't. He did. I didn't let him take a picture of that. So, so none of that. And, all right. All right. Mom, mom trumped his votes on some of the photos, so he got the better photos than the ones he just wanted to enter. I know, I know. <laughs> I was printing them, and I was paying for them, so I got to pick them. <laughs> he took them. There you go. There you go. Well, I judged my first county fair of the year this week over at Edwards County. I always do the, the miscellaneous projects, the booths and the banners and the notebooks and the displays. All the stuff that, there are all sorts of projects in 4-H. And for anybody out there that just thinks 4-H is cows and plows and that sort of thing, it's not. Yeah, there's a lot of that because 4-H was started to um, improve our knowledge of agriculture and home economics in the in the rural setting. You know, mm-hmm. that it was yeah. supposed to improve everybody's education levels so that we knew better how to raise our food, fiber, and fuel and how to... How to feed ourselves. And make them well-rounded individuals. Yes, right. Well, today, the Modern 4-H program, there's all sorts of projects. Everything from the reading project to the self-determined project, which self-determined's fun because um, you can do anything you want. <laughs> and uh, I had a, a really great kid uh, come over and, and she brought a display on the Bleeding Kansas part of of the kansas history oh boy and she was so excited over it and and we and she did a fabulous display it was beautiful was it a school project too um she's homeschooled so i think it probably was part of her home homeschool project kind of thing but there was that i love though the the littles that this is their first year their very first fair their very first project (laughs) and the first time that they've ever sat across from a judge and talked to the judge and and they're terrified. Yeah. And so I always have this this thought. You know what, guys? I'm going to be as supportive of a judge as possible, and I'm going to walk you through what I like, walk you through what we can change better for next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to be very gentle with them. I have never in 20-some-odd years of judging fairs had a kid cry. So that is that is a point of pride for me. <laughs> I've never made a kid at cry. At least in your presence, they haven't at cried. At least in my presence, yeah. I don't want to. I, I want them to walk away with the feeling of confidence that they can do this again next year, mm-hmm. and that there's not going to be a judge that's horrible and mean and angry. Because I don't know about you, but there were a couple of times that I had some very cranky judges in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Yeah, and I just feel you know as as adults. Yeah, we're not going to make it easy on them. Not everything's going to be a blue ribbon. Not everything's going to be, you know, not everything should be a blue ribbon. I had explained to Sean the other day what the colors of the ribbons were and which color you would prefer to get. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, was he like, oh, I want the white. (laughs) Yeah, because I have lots of white ribbons from my first year of 4-H, and I would prefer that he not have as many as Mom had. (laughs) I know. But you know what? You learn from the white ribbons. Yes. 
And and that's why I'm I'm very much one of those judges that I want you to I want to see you here next year. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Um and I hope that other people out there that if you go to your county fair and you're looking at those projects, go, A of all, please go to the county fair. Please wander through the, the displays, wander through the aisles of the of the barns, ask questions of people that are there, if you know, if you so choose. But that's the best part of the county fair. Uh, these kids, they are working on their public speaking skills. Yeah. They are working on, you know, approach strangers approach them and they will ask questions about their chicken or their pig or their goat or their cow. And they will talk about it. Yeah. You know, that's that's the point of the 4-H project. Please don't be creepy to our 4-H kids. <laughs> but, you know, we encourage families to go to the fair, go enjoy, learn, and maybe go home and, and think about how you guys can participate in 4-H. Yeah. I think I'm going to take Sean through the building after they have everything judged and show him the different projects and kind of make a list for next year what he wants to do. Because I kind of limited it because... First year. First year, you don't yeah. need to enter everything. Well, and you know the best part about that is look at what got the purple ribbon. Yeah. Look at how they did it. Look at the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You know... People aren't born with attention to detail. No. They just aren't. You have to you have to learn how to do it better and better and better. Case in point, I was a 4-H seamstress. I sewed in 4-H. My sister sewed. My mom sewed. <laughs> I loathe sewing. And I'm not, it's because I'm not good at it. I don't know how many times I sewed a, a seam and had to rip the seam out because it wasn't good enough. And my mom was doing me a favor. She goes, look, if it's all wonky and and wavy and it needs to be a straight seam, that judge is going to tell you it needs to be a straight seam. You're going to get docked on it. That attention to detail back then was, oh, yeah, it's just a dress. It's a jumper. I'm I'm never going to wear it. Never going to wear, you know, (laughs) but okay. Sure, mom. But now I try to keep that attention. I I still have that attention to detail when I'm working on things, Mm -hmm. whether it's projects around the house or here at the journal so yeah um that's that's the best part those skills they transfer over so if you're on the fence about do we have the time for 4-h and athletics and all you know just try it just do it you know you don't have to do everything you can pick one little project to work on my my nephews and my niece are they they like the inside projects they don't really have a lot of outside animal projects and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to have an animal project. No. Not everybody has to have a, you know, granted, you could be the, the champion cat showman like I was. <laughs> and she is proud of that. You know what? I didn't used to be so proud, but now, dang it, I am proud. <laughs> I think I'm going to put those on display, those, those trophies on display. <laughs> well, Sean was upset with me because they have a pet show. And I did not enter him in the pet show mm-hmm. because that's too many things for the first year and I was like we'll see how it goes and neither one of our dogs are leash broke yeah and Fred would probably just growl at somebody and just not be very pleasant (laughs) and Shade would probably lick them she'd just pee all over the place (laughs) because that's what she does (laughs) oh well hey we wish you all good luck out there um as you're prepping for the county fair I know that in northern Kansas, you guys are in the middle of wheat harvest and, and try and still get gung-ho on that. It couldn't happen at a worse time, fair <laughs> could, but take some time, 
go and get off the tractor if you can, get off the combine and go into town and and enjoy the county fair. You know, go say hi to people, have a drink at the concession stand, play a game at the carnival. This is this is the showcase for the county. Yeah, and if you so feel inclined, go to the auction and buy a, an animal or buy the the baked goods that some of the sales have. Exactly. You know, we, we couldn't do these things unless we have support from the county members or the, the folks in the yes. county. And anymore, when you have less than 2% of us in production agriculture, that's not a lot of people. I mean, those are the people that are the heart and soul mm-hmm. of 4-H and FFA. Let's, let's face it. Yeah. That's, that's a target demo. But there are so many people outside of that county, and there's so much learning to happen. So go enjoy yourself. Go spend some so a little bit of money at the at the 4-H sale and make a kid smile. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, um, anything else new? We had our horse meeting last night, project meeting. Ah. And we've been bad. We haven't rode much. And Sean does not want to trot his horse. I entered him in the walk trot classes and the speed events, which I don't know how speedy he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a meeting with um, some photography clients last night, and I couldn't take him. So my sister took him and his cousin Clayton, or his, her son Clayton, mm-hmm. and she let him ride one of their horses. And he trotted all over the ring <laughs> with that horse. <laughs> Is it just your horse that he's using isn't a really good trotter? Or? I don't know. She's she's 27 years old, so it's not like she's... She should have that down. Yeah. She's not hard to ride, I don't think. She's my old horse. So. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see how it goes if we make it to the fair. How are you doing in all of this? I'm fine. You're fine? You're not just a little bit kind of, oh, this is kind of fun. Maybe right now, but maybe ask me again next week. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited for you guys, and I'm going to have to stop by the the fairgrounds to go and see some of Sean's stuff, so. You got some fair thoughts? You can drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com and let us know what you're up to in your area. Or you can always call us at the office, 1-800-452-7171. Well, in this week's episode, we're going to bring you the stories you might have missed in the July 8th print edition. We're going to have updates from the harvest field from our All Aboard Wheat Harvest correspondence, courtesy of our friends at KFRM. Then, of course, Kayleen will bring us the latest on grain markets and we'll have some final thoughts. So, good luck out there to all the families gathering projects and hauling them to town this week and next. And we're glad you chose to ride with us on HPJ Talk. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Ag AM in Kansas. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with my friend, Holly Martin. And we're in Dodge City, Kansas. We are. Heart of cattle country, right? Absolutely. And Holly is is, uh, somebody that I spend a lot of time with on advisory boards and things that do, do with agriculture and we have an exciting thing that you and High Plains Journal are bringing to Dodge City. Yeah, we're, we've scheduled Cattle U to be here in Dodge City. It's going to be July 31st and August 1st out at the United Wireless Arena and it, it's just, I'm so excited, it's just going to be a really great event for cattle producers. It's awesome to have it in Kansas and, in, and specifically Southwest Kansas with so many producers. Yeah, I, you know, we've got all kinds, of course, feedlots, you always think of feedlots in Dodge City, but, but there's a lot of cow-calf producers, there's a lot of stalker guys. And, you know, we've got people scheduled to come from several states away. So so we hope that we can 
really encourage those cattle producers to come regardless of what segment of the industry they're involved in. Yeah, and when I looked at your lineup, not only do you have great speakers that, that uh, aren't going to let you sleep, um, <laughs> but you have people that are going to bring real-world experience, answers to, to real issues, and then you're going to have a trade show so the producers can network with each other outside of, of just just yeah. let's listen to some of these incredible talks on on current issues in the industry and the future issues. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the idea is that we want to inspire people. You know, you're going to kick us off um, at, on, on the 31st <laughs> and and then inspire people and then, you know, really go dive deep into into education in the breakout sessions take those things and inspire themselves inspire you to go out into the trade show and then you know really solve your problems and and that's really what we're trying to accomplish we want people to come away with practical information it's not high lofty things that really you know that you can't really grasp it's things that you know i can take that home i've got this real issue and i can take that home and solve it solve it with my cattle herd or you know find find things that that i can change and make myself and my cow herd more profitable yeah and i think that you know if you want to make contacts you want to network you want to meet people that maybe you don't have a problem right now yeah. but you might in the future and you yeah. say hey i remember that person at cattle you right that talked about this yeah. that's who we need to get a hold yeah. of yeah you know i think the great thing about agriculture guys is they're all they're lifelong learners you know they if they've if they've quit learning they probably have you know gone by the wayside that's for sure you know so they always want to learn and they always want to try to try to make themselves um you know in their in their operation better and that's what this is all about it's all about getting better and, and learning and, and you know really really diving deep into what what's what's out there for them well and if you didn't know it, Dodge has unbelievable food, entertainment. I mean, it, it is truly a destination place. Uh, I spend a lot of time out here and uh, love it. Yeah, well, and the good thing about this event is it's in the middle of Dodge City Day. So the night <laughs> in between the two days, we're going we're gonna to have an event out at the rodeo, and people are welcome to join us as a, as a, as a, in the rodeo and have a good time there, too. So Yep, so rodeo. Learn about cows, trade show about cows, uh, good food. What more could you want? Really? This is the reason I mean, why you yeah. come to Dodge. <laughs> right. and, uh, but, but really, it, it's pretty humbling to, to be here. You do so much for our industry. High Plains Journal is, is such a staple for so many of us. We're so thankful for what you do. And this is something that we as Kansans and surrounding states need to support because we need to come work together. That's right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Holly Martin. Thanks for watching us, and we'll see you down the road. cover story is from Kayleen, Lifetime of Horses. Kayleen, you talked to Scott City, Kansas horseman Billy Allen, who was just recently inducted into the American Quarter Horse Association's Hall of Fame, and he's going to be immortalized in the museum there in Amarillo. Um, tell us about Mr. Allen. Well, he's been in Scott City since 1965, I believe, and him and his wife Connie have uh, what they called the Sunny Slope Horse Farm. Mm-hmm. And Billy Allen also had horse feed, so anybody that's in the horse business kind of knows who Billy Allen 
and his horse feed is all about. It's pretty good stuff, and he trained many, many horses and many, many kids and people and teaching them how to ride at his farm in there in Scott City. So he's got quite the legacy, and he's got four kids of his own. Uh, two of them, believe, I think, still train horses, and he's got two daughters, and he the week that I talked to him, he was actually moving. They had sold the feed business. They had sold the, the horse farm, and he was moving to Arizona. Oh. <laughs> well, good for him. He so. sounds like a really neat character, so I'm really yeah. glad that you brought that to us. I wished I could have went and visited with him in person, but they the schedules just didn't line up, and they were mm-hmm. busy moving. And You could tell he's got a genuine love for horses and training and all the, the skills that go along with horses and it was just refreshing to talk to somebody like that. Good, good. Well, thanks for bringing that to us, Kimmy. Yep. Inside on page 1B, contributor Lacey Newland shares a story out of El Reno, Oklahoma, where the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes are building a bison processing facility. This facility will allow the tribes to expand into commercial markets with a private label bison product. On pages 11 to 13B, we have our updates from our all aboard wheat harvest crews from the road. Brought to us by John Deere, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, Unverfirth Manufacturing, and of course, High Plains Journal. And for added photos, videos, and the popular combine cam, you can always visit online at allaboardharvest.com. This week, Tracy Ziorian writes about the combine cam installation and how we keep improving the connectivity every year. Laura Hafner writes about storms in the field. Brian Jones is in Thomas, Oklahoma, where the ground conditions improved just enough that they could wrap up and are moving north to the southwest corner of Kansas. And Janelle Schemper writes from Kansas as the harvest has moved north. In the Pratt area, they saw 20 to 55 bushel per acre wheat, and they've moved over to Dodge City with test weights in the 64-pound range. On our opinions and editorial page, 4B, copy editor Jennifer Thurow reminds readers to celebrate the makers at the county fair. Seymour clearly writes about the congressional ball game where the Democrats beat the Republicans 14 to 7, and Kansas Governor Laura Kelly writes a guest editorial about fiscal responsibility is critical to rebuilding Kansas. In the livestock section, Kayleen writes about the National Pork Producers Council stressing the need for establishing regulatory framework for gene editing of livestock in the United States. And Jenny, you have a preview of Dr. Daryl Peel, OSU Extension Livestock Marketing Specialist, who's going to be speaking at Cattle U July 31st and August 1st in Dodge City. That's right, Kayleen. Remember, you can still register for this first ever Cattle U and Trade Show at www.cattleu.net. And while you're registering, don't forget to purchase discounted tickets to our world-famous PRCA Roundup Rodeo during Dodge City Days. Folks, if you have a response to something you've read or heard, or there's a local topic that you want to bring to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. Or you can call us at 1-800-452-7171. We want to hear from you. It's time for another All Aboard Wheat Harvest update on KFRM, brought to you by High Plains Journal. John Deere, 
on Verberth Manufacturing and Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Chance to catch up with Laura Hafner, High Plains Harvesting. Laura, it's been kind of touch and go in the western end uh, of Kansas, particularly with uh, some moisture and uh, high humidity keeping guys uh, kind of at bay trying to harvest the last day or two here. Yeah, you're right. We were not immune to some of those storms that rolled through, so we've had a couple days for some of our guys in the western edge of Kansas um, who haven't been able to cut, but that came off of a pretty long stretch of some very favorable conditions, and they made some pretty good progress down there. A lot of uh, cutters were pleased to, to exit uh, some of the southern plains and get to western Kansas, where uh, when they got rolling, uh, had a pretty good run of, of not only some better ground to hold the machinery, but some better cutting days and, and good wheat to go along with it. Yeah, you're right. We haven't had to fight the mud out here in western Kansas like or eastern Colorado like we did down south, but the yields have been phenomenal. Um, some of them, some of the dry land yields are actually rivaling that of what you would expect under those pivots. So we've seen things um, as high as 70 bushels an acre in dry land all the way up. There's been some talk of even pushing some hundreds out there. And the test weights have been really positive as well. We're seeing things in the 60s and mid-60s even. As far as uh, opportunities uh, looking down the road, Obviously, uh, the progress continues to run to the north. Uh, I assume you've probably got machines uh, in route as well. We do. We just finished up in southeast Colorado. So uh, we have those guys going to the Sheridan and Gove County area, and we still are cutting along that western edge of Kansas, and we're going to be pushing further into northwest Kansas as well. So um, with these warm days, we'll expect things to progress rather quickly, and we're having to really hop to hit those spots. Our thanks to Laura Hafner, High Plains Harvesting. Brian Jones, Jones Harvesting. Uh, Brian, last time I talked to you, you were in kind of, uh, I guess, central Oklahoma. What uh, what have you had going on since then? Boy, I tell you, what a difference just a week or two can make since we last spoke. We really were having a lot of issues with uh, the rain and mud there in uh, central Oklahoma. But we were able to uh, finally get a break in the weather and finish that up. And we are now moved into the uh, Dodge City area. We're south of Dodge City near Mineola, Kansas right now. And since we have arrived here, we have not had a day off since uh, we got from Oklahoma. The weather has just been ideal for harvesting. Finally, triple-digit temperatures. Uh, we're getting low moisture for the wheat and uh, just windy days. So we're really moving across a lot of acres here. So it's a really big dramatic change from the mud and the slow going we had in Oklahoma, but something that's really welcome. As far as the wheat itself, I know there were some areas of hail. Uh, others areas maybe been uh, spared of that. Uh, what kind of uh, conditions has the wheat crop uh, been in that you've gotten into? It's definitely been variable in the area, and that's clearly just a, a product of the different weather that has occurred, both during the growing season and then down here more recently with uh, some of the hailstorms as it uh, we kind of got into the harvest season. I haven't seen any um, real catastrophic hail damage in this area, but there's definitely has been some loss. Every once in a while you'll find fields that um, took a more severe beating than um, some others. But for the most part, uh, things are looking pretty well. We are seeing some yields that have uh, been a little bit lower, I think, than anticipated, more in that uh, 30 bushel the acre range. But if uh, you sometimes travel just a short distance away where more weather uh, was a little bit different and more favorable for them, the 
uh, we have seen some yields that have um, been over 60 bushels the acre. And we know that in this area, there's even some 100 bushel acre uh, fields that are out and about. So I think people are really pleased overall. We are seeing, though, very good quality. The protein levels are quite high. and We're seeing a lot of 62-pound or even higher test weight on the wheat. So the wheat that's there is definitely very high quality. And, uh, of course, most people are familiar with this area has had a lot of drought um, back-to-back for quite some time now. And this really is one of the first nice wheat crops that they've had in recent memories. So we're very happy for the farmers here. It's been something that's well-deserved, and it's nice to see a nice quality crop finally come about for them. And what's up next, Brian, after you finish up there around Mineola? Well, I tell you, we're kind of in a conundrum here. The weather, you probably are noticing a theme here. It seems like the weather dictates what we do. Nebraska had such a very late spring. Winter just refused to let go up there, and that really has slowed down the uh, ripening process of the wheat. They continue to have very frequent rains in much of western Nebraska. Normally, we're moving to the Big Springs, Nebraska area, but the interesting side is here is we're now starting to see that South Dakota and Nebraska are going to start to ripen very, very close together. In fact, there may be places that start harvesting South Dakota before they start in Nebraska because Nebraska is so far behind. So we'll see what happens in the next week or two here and how the weather plays out. We're really hoping that South Dakota will slow down in its ripening. Nebraska can get some warm weather and push it along a little quicker. Otherwise, I think crews are going to find it very, very difficult to be able to be in two places at once both Nebraska and their next South Dakota stop, which is uh, something that we are dreading, and it has uh, happened before. So we'll see. We hope that we can fit in our Big Springs Nebraska stop before moving into central South Dakota. But if things um, all ripen at one time, we may have to make some difficult choices on deciding where to be in one place instead of two. Our thanks to Brian Jones joining us on the Aliboard Wheat Harvest uh, Update. You can check out all the correspondence, uh, the blog, the combine cam, and pictures at allaboardharvest.com. Again, brought to you by High Plains Journal, John Deere, Unverberth Manufacturing, and Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. For KFRM, I'm Dwayne Thames. Have a great day. Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on July 2nd. Corn was down at $4.04. Wheat was down at $3.85. Milo was up at $4.04. And soybeans were down at $7.35. Hey folks, for the first time we're combining our popular sorghum U and wheat U into one main event. Packed with valuable speakers all on August 14th at the Kansas Star Event Center, Mulvane, Kansas. Register online at sorghumu.com or at wheatu.com, and we'll see you there. Next week's print issue of High Plains Journal is our rural health and safety issue with a story from contributor Lacey Newland. Be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes July 15th. And look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk. 
for news and commentary throughout the week. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hbjtalk at hbj.com. Thanks again for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal, all rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. The headlights on both ends of my day. This country life is for me. Ride with us, HP.